Well, good afternoon, Faith Family Church. We just heard a phenomenal exposition from Pastor Kyle titled Shepherding a Church's Heart from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And it was a very appropriate text as today was we were celebrating Pastor's Appreciation Month. So uh, it was a great time just to celebrate and, and thank the elders for the wonderful job they, that they do, as well as our worship minister, Matthew. So um, we'll start off with the first question for you, Dan, and that is how did this sermon bless you today? Well, it was just very rich, both theologically and practically, which is something that Kyle, I know, always strives for, but it's also classic to the writings of the Apostle Paul. Uh, such wonderful, uh, beautiful theology to unpack, but with such uh, wonderful practical application, at least five, you know, the text had at least these five different uh, areas that we need to work on, whether it's anxiety, our thoughts, uh, conflicts, and uh, it was really just the command to love. It, it struck me, I've, as folks here at the church know, I've been working my way through First John. That's also one of the themes of the Apostle John in his first epistle, is the importance of love in the Christian life. It's a fruit of the Christian life, and it's something we constantly strive for. It's, it's something we're commanded to do. And uh, Paul is very consistent here in, in Philippians, and of course, Peter is as well. I've been reading through First Peter, and he, he says the same thing, uh, that we are commanded to love, and uh, that's something that's important for the, the Christian life. And the, one of the best places to experience that love is the local church. Uh, and uh, that was just a wonderful reminder. It, it just, it's helpful to, to realize that so, it's one of the many things that makes it so worthwhile, what we do here as a weekly gathering of Faith Family Church. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that, that is what the church body is known for is love, and that's how the world will know us. What about you, Matthew? Yeah, so I think this, this passage is proof that the Word of God creates a love in us mm. for the local church. This, this passage made me love the church more. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think even more so than my, some of my own family members. Like right. I just, I, when I think about someone who, uh, who loves Jesus, when I talk to someone and they tell me that they love Jesus, I feel closer to them, even mm -hmm. though they might be you know, on the other side uh, of the world. And I think Kyle did um, a, a great job helping us to see uh, how much Paul loves the church. Mm. Uh, as an example to us, and he mentioned uh, at the beginning of the sermon, he talked, he compared um, Paul's love for the church to uh, a parent's love for a child. You know, they need to know that you love them, and, and, right. and you can read uh, this passage and know uh, that Paul loves this church. Right. I've often thought that it was quite paradoxical when you look at the church and you look at the love that we have for one another. You could just meet somebody brand new for the first time in your life and you've got nothing in common except for the gospel. And it's as if the Holy Spirit recognizes himself in the other person. And instantaneously, you almost have a love cultivator that's otherworldly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so the first question that I'm going to ask for you, Matthew, is, is one of the comments that he, he extracted from this text or one of the movements. He said that your heart must be shepherded through conflicts. Mm -hmm. um, what conflicts have you seen in your Christian walk and, and how have you overcome them? Yeah, so one, one in particular comes to mind in a, in a former church that I served in. Um, I, was a, I was in a, a worship leader position, or, mm -hmm. or um, I was kind of over the whole sanctuary. We, I, I would you know, conduct the, the band, and, and pretty much everything, in the, everything that happened in the sanctuary was under my jurisdiction. And when I got there, um, there were drapes hanging from the, the ceiling uh, that didn't match anything else in the sanctuary. They were not the same color. Uh, somebody thought they were the same color, but they were not. Right. And uh, I made the, uh, I guess, the, the executive decision because I assumed I had the authority to, to just take them down. Right. And uh, I, I told the pastor, and, and he wisely told me, he said, 
you got to understand uh, a woman in the church sewed these drapes by hand 20 years ago, and her and her husband, uh, who recently passed away, uh, in service of the church, he actually fell through the roof of the church wow. while serving the church. You know, um, they hung these drapes together. So understand what you're what you're about to do. And I thought, okay, I can't just go. That's up a landmine there. Yeah, yeah, that is not a good way to to mm -hmm. start my career in this church. <clears throat> so I decided. He told me I should do this, and I decided that I would call her and talk to her about mm. the reason that we're going to take them down. And I gave her the opportunity to come and, and take them home with her. Uh, and she was very receptive and very gracious to me about that. And it actually created more unity in the church. There were a lot of older folks in the church who were nervous about uh, a 22-year-old coming in and, and taking over things. Um, and, and it created more unity. I had a great working relationship mm. with her and her you know, group of, of peers. Uh, and it just it, it turned out uh, to be a, a very wise thing that, that my pastor um, uh, you know, convinced me to, to do. And I think that right. just having that foresight, knowing when, when, a, uh, when a potential conflict is coming is, so, uh, is just so good for the church, knowing that this could cause a problem, let's get ahead of it, and let's, for the sake of the unity of the church, let's, let's you know, get our feet wet a little bit and, and have one of those awkward conversations before it turns into something, right. uh, something else. And it's nice to have foresight in situations like that, but you can't foresee everything and what somebody's going to take offense. So mm -hmm. then you have to figure out how, how do you negotiate it once it's happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What, what about you, Dan? Yeah, well, uh, many folks have been through uh, difficult times in the church context. Like I've said in previous sermons, it shouldn't happen, but it does because uh, we're not glorified yet. Yeah, we're all along in the process of sanctification. Um, just practically speaking, I think there's really two aspects, just like many health-related issues. Uh, prevention, trying to avoid the conflict to begin with can be so wonderful. Um, and just knowing, knowing our own hearts, like Kyle here helping uh, preach the word that helps uh, expose our own tendencies to want our own way and to uh, uh, blow things out of proportion. Being aware of that is helpful. Being sympathetic and empathetic of other people, knowing where they're coming from can be helpful for that, trying to avoid that. But one of the greatest ways to avoid conflicts in the beginning is to have like sort of like that panel we had uh, several months ago on theological triage. Right. Have your priorities right. And as Kyle mentioned today, there's a difference between the Trinity, the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the, the content of the soul-saving gospel itself, and things that might be preferences, things that might even be strong preferences, but they're, they're not the same thing as those core teachings. Those can really help you. And then just knowing your role, like am I, am I in leadership at this church or am I just someone who is uh, thinking about attending and, and do, do I expect uh, a, a congregation to bow to my wishes or again, what, keeping that in perspective, knowing uh, having that perspective can help you avoid it. And then once you know, it, it inevitably comes, uh, overcoming that is, again, everyone trying to walk in the spirit, because as James tells us, the wrath of man does not work, um, uh, is not profitable, it does not work God's will. And so fleshly anger and, and, and uh, expressing that sinfully, that doesn't help the situation. Uh, even if we're dealing with uh, sinful attitudes on the other, over overcoming evil with evil does not work. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, and, and so just trying to handle conflicts, uh, trying to listen to 
generally listen to other people, get all the information, make sure that there's not just some misunderstanding uh, and people aren't just talking past each other and just working through it. But at the end of the day, again, when, when it comes time to, to decide, is this something where I need to break fellowship from this brother or look for another church or whatever, just making sure you have your priorities right. You know, what, what is really uh, uh, compromising Christianity and what is maybe a strongly held preference but still a preference nonetheless. Uh, that, that's really going to help. And again, if we're cultivating that heart of love, if you have that heart of love, it's amazing how you, you have that motivation to work through conflicts when they do arise. Yeah, no, so I think that you just keyed on a very important you know, facet of that, and that is having humility, mm. whether you're just an attendee or a member or a leader, and if you're receiving criticism and somebody's coming yes. at you, do you have humility to handle with grace? to get all the facts before you, you know, kind of mm -hmm. leap to conclusions. So nah, that's wonderful. Thanks, Dan. Um, the, the other comment that we're going to talk about, Kyle said that your heart must be shepherded to handle your anxiety. And he made a comment. I'm going to read his quote. He said, it makes God look bad when we're worrying mm. all the time. So how do you handle anxiety personally, and what are some practical tips that you can give the church? Yeah, well, I love what he said. The, the best remedy for, for anxiety is prayer. And because prayer is, it's, it's not just a list of requests. It's praising God. It's getting to know God, communing with him. And as the Psalms and many other passages, as the Psalms uh, give a great example, and as we're commanded in many of the epistles, we cast it a lot before. We can be brutally honest with God how we feel and our confusion and our distress, our sorrow, and our, even our anger. We can honestly come to God with those things. And so prayer, uh, prayer, understanding that we are talking to a sovereign God who is in control of all, and yet he commands us to pray not just for his glory and for our benefit, although those are true, but because he says it actually works, uh, that will change your attitude. And that will help you with those big um, anxieties, those, uh, or even the small anxieties, that, that prayer, uh, which shows that you are dependent upon God. Uh, but then... There's also room for practical precautions, you know, preventative maintenance. And some of that is like, hey, if, if you're stressed first thing in the morning, is that because maybe you could get up a little earlier and maybe plan ahead a little bit better? Or me, as I'm thinking about I'm going to be getting out of the Army next year, I could stress out about that. Or I could just be like, have a plan and make sure like, okay, I'm not ready to do these kinds of preparation, but I could work on this, that, or the other thing uh, during this time and then trying to just diligently work on things when I can work on them. And then, okay, the job interview time, that will come a lot closer. And maybe this program will open up at this time. And trying to be prepared, that helps alleviate some of the, why now I can still be like, oh, well, I get the job I want or, oh, well, uh, just like, hey, I'm gonna, I've got my plan. I'm going to work through that. I'm not going to uh, rush about it. So a little practical things about that being prepared can help you uh, with that self-caused uh, anxiety. But ultimately, uh, little life hacks aren't going to ultimately deal, help with all the, the stresses of dealing with life in a fallen world. Ultimately, we need to run to God in prayer. Amen to that. What about you, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was going to feed off of that. I, I've kind of always prided myself about of being a non-anxious person. Mm -hmm. Like anxiety is not the sin that I struggle with. But as you said that, I realized that most of the anxiety that I do struggle with is self-inflicted. These are things that I'm not prepared. I didn't think through, uh, and, and now I'm in a position where I'm uh, now I'm now I'm anxious, and now I'm I'm being uh, not so nice to my wife or people around me because of that. Um, that hint think, of defensiveness that's in there too. That's always yeah, the worst. Like, yeah, yeah, when you yeah. realize that you're a little bit at fault too, yeah, oh, that's the worst. Um, but another another area for me personally, I, I've always struggled uh, more with like anxiety over money. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if there's anything in my life that just kind of like is always this kind of nagging anxiety, it's always been about money. 
And uh, I, I had a, a very wise person tell me one time that, that you're not going to take it with you when you're, I mean, I, everybody says that, but like right. to really like yeah. let that sink in. And that kind of made me think uh, about something that, uh, that Kyle said in last week's sermon. He talked about living, uh, having, being eternally minded. He, he uh, used that quote from uh, C.S. Lewis that the, the people who do uh, the most in this world are the ones who uh, are most focused uh, on the next. And that's not a perfect quote, but something right. like yep. that. Yep. Uh, and that was, um, that was convicting to me, but it also, I think that along with um, what you said, uh, alleviates anxiety, knowing that, that, this, uh, that this world is not uh, the end all be all. And we, we were talking before, uh, if you have a high view of God, that just naturally is going to, uh, to decrease your anxiety. And I, have to, I feel like I have to note this, this isn't necessarily answering uh, the question, but I loved um, that Kyle took the time to note uh, a warning to non-Christians, mm. uh, because I, I I always hear this verse: "Don't you worry have about cause it. to yeah. worry. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Pray about yeah. everything." And it's like posted on you know on your yeah. on your wall, or you hang it on the uh, on the wall at your office, or something like that. Um, but there are people, lots of people, yes. uh, who who do have cause to worry, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that he took the time to, that to note excellent. that. Yeah. What a great, I mean, Kyle and I are always thinking, where's, where do we make that? We always want to be cognizant that there are non-believers either in attendance yeah. or watching. Where mm -hmm. is that? There's so many places you could put a good gospel uh, illusion or, or explanation. Right. That was, I thought that was a powerful way to, no, to that was great. bring it to the gospel. You know, I've, I've seen so many sermons where they just paint with a broad brush and speak in broad terms. Assuming they, everyone's a Christian assume, almost. Right, mm -hmm. right. And so you, you're essentially giving them promises that they cannot lay a hold yeah. of because they have not been born again through faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So therefore, like, like you said, and like Kyle said, they, they should be worried. They should have anxiety about their position before God right now because they are mm -hmm. not born again. They are under his wrath, and they will be yeah. until they come to faith. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, that's great. And, you know, something else, there's wisdom in planning for our future. Mm -hmm. You know, there's wisdom in me planning for my retirement, wisdom in you planning to leave the military, what you're going to do for a job, what I'm going to do for a job. There's wisdom in planning for our financial future. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't let that consume us. Mm -hmm. yeah. We don't let that be crippling. We don't let it detract from our Christian testimony and just, you know, th that outflow of love that we have and our generosity towards the mm -hmm. church and other people. So, you know, th there's a healthy balance in planning, but ultimately we trust in the sovereign Lord who directs all things. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew, last question is for you. Um, Kyle said that your heart must be shepherded to control your mind. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical ways that, that you um, do this in, in your Christian walk? I think that prayer is, is sort of the only thing that I can do. I, I, when, I, when I go uh, periods of time without, like he talked about, uh, uninterrupted, uh, unhurried, I, that's, that's a big problem for me is I'm always hurrying my prayers. Um, those are the times when, when my, mind's, when my mind uh, is, is difficult to control, my mind is off on, on other things, and, and frequently that is when he talked about, I love this, he talked about, uh, this was more about um, uh, conflict, but I, I think it applies here too, uh, when, when the lion is running toward um, the two mm -hmm. gazelles who are fighting each other. Right. Sometimes it's the same thing when we're, when we're thinking about everything else yes. that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not focused on where the attacks are coming from mm -hmm. and what are the attacks that we really need to be, uh, to be thinking about. I, I think this passage, that uh, it was, it was um, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, um, where, where it talks about all of these things that, that we should 
think about. Right. Uh, I think that it touches on the entirety of the passage on, on one through nine that, that we said today. Um, uh, it touches on conflict. It touches on our, uh, our, our need to rejoice on church unity, uh, on yielding. Uh, I just think that, that these things, thinking about things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable, they, they, this, I feel like this verse just sums up the whole of, of the passage this morning. I think it sums up the whole of Scripture, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, very well said, very well said. Okay, what about you, Dan? I think one of the, as far as just being careful what we're thinking about, I think one of the first steps is just being aware of our thought process mm-hmm. or, and our feelings that are closely related. It's so easy to just go through life feeling and thinking, but not just even stepping back and thinking, what are my thought patterns? Why do I think about this? Why am I tempted to think about that or think about this in a certain way? What, why are my emotions going up and down in this particular circumstance? Um, it's, it's okay to have emotions. We're not, uh, I'm going to reveal my nerd status here, we don't have to be like Vulcans from Star Trek and that, like, <laughs> no, emotions are bad. Um, but they should be controlled. We should be aware of our thought process, our, our emotions, and not that we don't experience them, but we always could seek to control them with the truth, especially the truth that God has given us in his word. And this applies to whether it's anxiety and worry or all the other wonderful applications. But let's be honest, as men, we also think about as far as lust. And as men, we're very visual, and we live in a pornographic uh, society. Uh, and so it, the, the, and the, 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 the means of guarding our thoughts in that area have application for a lot of others. And one of those is just um, trying to avoid temptation, talk about the prevention, just try, where am I most tempted to engage in wrong thought patterns, or when, or what, can, what are the practical ways I can just try to train myself, or like, oh, catch myself going down that, that bad uh, thought pattern. And then, but the greatest uh, positive uh, example, I've, I've explained it this way, it's, it's great when the, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit can be your accountability partner. When you love God so much and you enjoy having that undivided fellowship with God, when you don't have that, when you're holding on to something you know that God hates, whether it's lustful thoughts or uh, some other bad uh, worry or other thought pattern, you just hate that feeling of like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a good status with God. And, and, by, and through the gospel, we know it's no amount of good works that will get us back into his favor. It's, again, repenting of our sins and, and trusting Christ, uh, believing that we can have that forgiveness. That is what gives a, restores that relationship. And I love that positive left. It's so easy. Um, it's entirely appropriate to be aware of all those negative things we should avoid and that are dangerous from us. But it's also refreshing in, in this verse here we have that positive uh, example of these are things that you should think of, things that are lovely, that are true, that are honorable. Uh, so that doesn't mean it's just work and reading the Bible. Like there's, there's, a, there's space there for art and for um, uh, and, and stories and, and fiction and hobbies and, and sports and all these wonderful things um, in the right proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, it's just that there's so many wonderful things that we can use our minds for uh, that also helps. And ultimately, knowing and enjoying and glorifying God. Uh, you know, when you get a taste for how satisfying and uh, meaningful that is, all, it, it helps. It, you're still tempted, but it gives you a lot of great power to realize, no, why would I, why would I try this for that? Yeah, no, that's, that's some great, great pointers there. I appreciate that. I think in terms of, you know, when, when you understand the concept of, of protecting and safeguarding and shepherding and controlling your mind, um, for me, it just comes back to spiritual disciplines. And how do you structure 
your day to have dedicated time with the Lord in prayer, as well as in, in, in taking his word and, and doing things that are good and enjoyable. I love to be out in nature. I can mm -hmm. just, I can sometimes walk out and I can listen to the birds and I am just in awe of my creator. And yeah. it sets me into a, a, a certain mindset or tone that gets my focus away from the distractions of the world and allows me to focus on, on my Lord and yeah. to, to seek to, to praise him and glorify him. Yeah. So Faith Family Church, we hope that this sermon uh, was a blessing to you. We hope that you were blessed as much as it was to me personally. I walked away just feeling like I had a nice big uh, steak, a filet mignon with some mashed <laughs> potatoes and gravy on the side, maybe some peas, I don't know, whatever you guys what like. for dinner tonight. Yeah, a little surf and turf, but nonetheless, it was a great meal, and so uh, we're, we are so thankful for the elders in this church. We're so thankful for the faithfulness of, of Pastor Kyle, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Dan, and, and for your leadership yeah. in, the, in the ministry and music department, so uh, thank you guys very much, and Faith Family, we'll see you guys next week. God bless.